becoming a mom myself has really caused so much to shift. And I really miss both of them. Like I really miss them so much more now because I feel like they could have provided so much more insight. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all of the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. This episode is going to be a little bit different, and it's my journey of entering motherhood as a motherless daughter and hearing stories about my mom and my stepmom. So I thought this would be a really good episode in preparing for Mother's Day. So here we go. All right, mamas. Hello and welcome to another episode of Entering Motherhood. And here today, I'm just ready to discuss little things that we think might not be making a difference and the impact that they really have on our children and those around us and the bonds that we build with our children and the memories that we create. You know, that's what's important and that's what we hold on to the most. It's it's more than anything else that that we have in this life and i think you know we can hold on to our thoughts and and things that we got to experience with one another and even on our worst days you know we might be able to create a spark in someone else that that lasts a lifetime and and really makes an impact on them and for for me, um, I lost my mother when I was very young, and um, I got an opportunity to talk about this on another podcast called Daughters Without Moms, and I'm going to clip in a few portions of that episode, and I'm also going to clip in a few stories from friends and family members that um, are really just going to talk about those moments and and those times and their memories that they have with with my mom and my stepmom as well. And uh, I really just encourage you to, you know, share your stories talk about those that you have lost and allow their memory to make an impact and know that they're always still around. Uh, My mom and Eileen are forever in my thoughts and everyone that they connect it with, you know, these memories, these moments, they can never be taken away from them. And in preparing for this episode, my one sister and I, my one sister who also has a daughter, Uh, we were talking and discussing just really how much the way we mother and what we do with our daughters is affected by the things that our mothers had done with us. And, you know, we are able to do those little things 
with them, uh, like looking at an I spy book and pointing out all of the things that you spy because that was something that you got to share with your mother. So I really just encourage you all to look back on those memories and embrace those things and pass on those traditions because that's how we can honor our mothers and that's how we can be better mothers to our children by doing the things that were really special for us that our mothers did and and continuing to do those things with our children as well. So I hope you enjoy listening to these clips um, as much as I did making this. So I have been a motherless daughter for over 20 years now. And honestly, that just sounds so crazy to even say. I was nine years old when I lost my mom and she had been diagnosed with gallbladder cancer. I remember sitting on my parents' bed and having a conversation that went along the lines of, you know, mommy is very sick. We have doctors helping us and your aunts and uncles know about it. We're all praying and we're doing all that we can. Uh, I know that the word cancer was used, but uh, obviously I was really young and didn't understand what that meant and it was explained to me more as things progressed but honestly what more do you say to an 11 9 and 3 year old i have an older sister who was 11 at the time and then my little brother who was 3 and i think he may not have been in the room at the time but uh you know that's how that's how the story all started and Obviously, we know how that story ends because that's why I'm here talking about it now. And uh, I was probably only about six months in between when I found out and um, when she passed. And, you know, like I hear, I hear so many stories of what my mom was like, and I'm so grateful to be able to have those stories. And, um, you know, get to learn more about who she was. But I also get jealous because these people really got to experience so much more of who she was as a person. And again, like, you know, as a kid, I don't, I think we do live day by day and moment by moment. We don't, we don't really, yeah, we cuddle on them and we love them and we hold them but we don't take those, I guess we don't have the, the thought process behind it to really kind of cherish those moments in the way that you do as an adult. And, um, you know, they really got to know her on, on a deeper level and be able to have conversations with her about life and what she was thinking and, I think that's what what gets me like worked up now and and going through so many moments in my life, you know, graduating high school, graduating college, like getting married and now having a daughter of my own, like those are the moments that like, I wish I could have those life conversations with her. 
And um, it's, it's really, really hard to remember moments from my childhood. And I can vividly remember standing in the hospital room with her um, when she was sick. And I believe my older sister was in there too. It might've just been the two of us. And she was talking to us and telling us things. And I don't remember what she said, but I remember being there. And I think, you know, that's kind of, I think there's a quote that goes along that lines. You know, you don't remember what somebody says, but you remember how they made you feel. And like, I, I always know that she loved us and I always felt loved. Um, so like those feelings are really, are really special to, to hold on to, you know? So my dad had remarried some years after my mom had passed and, and that was really hard. And I really don't feel like I properly grieved after my mom. And, um, now this new woman was coming into our lives. And uh, to me, it felt like, you know, she was trying to take her place. I didn't really understand, you know, what a stepmom was or what the purpose was. And I had some friends maybe that had stepmoms, but it was more so their parents got divorced and then their dads got remarried this was my mom had died and now my dad is bringing a new woman into our lives. I remember like when my dad bought the ring to propose to her though. And I was super, super giddy and super excited. And I remember like squealing with my sister and getting so excited that, you know, he had found somebody that made him happy. And, you know, I, she really truly like made my dad like so happy. Like there was such a huge shift in his personality when she came around. And that's what, you know, I loved most about her. I, I loved that she loved my dad. It was really awesome to kind of like have that, that family unit back. And I also got two new sisters in the process. So, you know, they would spend a lot of time like playing pool and having a few beers, blasting music down in the basement and then now there was five kids. So my, my sister, my brother, and then now like two stepsisters and I, and we kind of created this whole new blended family. But, you know, like I keep on saying like, she was, she was, she was because um, my stepmom passed away also. And, you know, this was tough because I felt like I had done this already. I had been through this already and and now it was happening again and I had you know my two younger stepsisters they're both younger than me and I felt like I needed to be there for them and kind of show them oh I had done this already like it's gonna be okay and you know, that's just so tough. And that's such a, that's such a hard thing to put on yourself. And why I felt like I needed to put that pressure on me is, is beyond me. I don't know why I felt like I needed to be strong in that moment and, and be there for everybody. But I think that was, and probably still is just like my initial response 
to trauma. I just put up walls and I, I say, I need to help everybody else and, and then we'll all be okay. <laughs> and this one time specifically, I took her to a treatment session. And when I was there, one of the nurses asked, you know, like how we know each other and, and things like that. And we got to talking and she introduced me as her daughter. And I felt, you know, it wasn't, this is my stepdaughter. It was, this is my daughter. And I felt really proud of that. And like, happy that you know like she was introducing me um in that way and <laughs> the nurse actually said oh yeah you guys look a lot alike <laughs> and she said oh yeah I could tell like that's so nice that you're bringing your mom here to treatment and we both just kind of looked at each other and we're like we won't tell her <laughs> we'll just let her think that that we look alike because we're actually related but there was no blood at all you know Eileen was just so fun and, and full of so much enthusiasm and life. And she really always knew how to make a situation fun. And I do feel like she tried to live every moment to the max, at least as long as I had known her. And she would scream on roller coaster rides, like absolutely. <laughs> yell at the top of her lungs like almost to the point that it was embarrassing like we would kind of hold our heads down and cover our eyes like that's not our mom that's not our mom and she she just you know she was having fun we would be going up the hill and she'd already start screaming <laughs> but like that's just like the kind of person that she was and she always liked to scare people and do things like that um and, you know, like now me becoming a mom, I had my daughter a year and a half ago and, you know, like becoming a mom myself has really caused so much to shift. And I really miss both of them. Like I really miss them so much more now because I feel like they could have provided so much more insight on, on what it's like to be a mom and, and supply me with some extra added knowledge there. And um, I have a mother-in-law and she's great and everything, but I don't know what I was like as a kid. I hear stories of my husband and what he did as a kid and this and that and, and so much, you know, oh, I remember this and I remember that. And I asked my dad, like when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was like, well, what was it like when mom was pregnant or how long was she in the hospital? You know, how long was she in labor? Those kinds of questions. And he's like, I don't know, two hours. <laughs> I'm like, two hours, what? Like, <laughs> from when it started, when it ended, like, how was it, you know, and, and it's those kinds of stories now that I really, I really wish I could have insight on. And, um, you know, it's also terrifying sometimes when I think about how young I was when I lost my mom. And, you know, really what it must have been like for my mom at 36 to have to leave her children, like full on knowing 
I'm going to die and I'm leaving my children and my husband behind. (laughs) And as a mom now, I feel like that hits so much harder. And it's so tough to think about my daughter and I want to be here for as long as I possibly can, obviously, but I can't promise her that. And um, I want to tell her, you know, mommy will always be here and mommy loves you so much. But knowing the other possibility, it hurts being like, being able to truthfully tell her that, I don't know if I can. And I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can. And I hope that the same thing doesn't happen. But having it happen twice in my lifetime, I don't know what to expect. Like none of us know how long we have and 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 what that holds. And you know, I think it's so hard for those of us that have experienced death so closely to, you know, really understand the magnitude and the the depth of it and um, the effect that it can have on others. And, you know, like that can, that can feel really lonely a lot of the times because not many people can say that their mother has died. And, you know, I think we have the ability to really perceive things a little differently than most can. And I don't know if that's a gift or or a weakness or whatnot, but I really um, think like, you know, it, it does change how you see things. And, um, you know, I think some of like the biggest things that I have learned that have helped me get through some of my hardest days are really just reaching out to people. If you're feeling low, just do it. Who cares what they're going to think? Who cares what they're going to say? If you need to get something out, if you need to talk to somebody, do it and talk as much as possible or as much as you'd like and don't feel ashamed or afraid or like you're gonna make other people feel bad or uncomfortable and you're gonna bring down the mood of the conversation though like I can't possibly talk about this because I'm gonna ruin everybody's day you know what, if it's going to make you feel better, you should do it always. Because when you keep that stuff in and when you bottle it down, where is it going? (laughs) And I really just feel like it has helped me so much to just, you know, even just right now, like being able to share my story like this, it's very therapeutic. And like I said, I I journal a lot. I think journaling helps release your thoughts and put it into words. And I encourage people 
to get curious and ask questions and say, why am I feeling this way? What's going on here? And are there other people that are feeling the same way that I am? And when you really get talking and when you really put your feelings out there, you realize so many more people are feeling that too. And you're going to be able to find those connections. So that was clips of me talking with Beth on her podcast, Daughters Without Moms. And if you enjoyed that and you'd like to hear more, I will be putting a link to that full episode in the show notes. And you can go there for more stories of other women who have lost their mothers as well and uh, that is really the community that she is building and there is also an event that she is holding on May 4th for for Daughters Without Moms, a Mother's Day event. So if you want more information about that, I will have that in the show notes as well. And now here are some clips from friends and family that I had asked them to share memories of my mom and my stepmom. So here we go. Hi, Sarah. This is your Aunt Kathy Bademan. And I want to share a story about your mom, Rosie, and when she was um, pregnant with Nicole. First, I wanted to say that your mom was like a sister to me. We both started dating the Bademan brothers around the same time, and we got engaged at this around the same time and got married a year apart. And so Rosie was one of my bridesmaids. And um, because she had four sisters, uh, I wasn't able to be a bridesmaid in her wedding. So when she became pregnant with Nicole, I really wanted to do something special for her. So I threw her her baby shower. And um, and it's funny because I think she was delayed somehow getting to the shower at my house in Horsham. And in the meantime, all the uh, aunts and cousins um, ate most of the food uh, that we had prepared. So that was a funny story. Hi, Sarah. It's Aunt Kathy Bademan with another story about your mom. So I just want you to know that um, your mom was an amazing mother. Being um, a wife and a mother and a homemaker was what she truly wanted to be. And that was her dream. And she was really good at it. Your mom was also an amazing artist. And she did all kinds of crafts with you and your cousins when you were little and always doing some fun activities and she just got so much joy from being around you children and you know sharing her gifts with you. Hi Sarah is Aunt Kathy Bademan with another story about your mom. So I'm sure you know this, but it was such an amazing thing that your mom, Rosie, was pregnant with Nicole at the same time as her sisters, Debbie, Mary, and Melissa, who all gave birth to girls. 
And I remember them being together at Mom Iser's house on Palm Sunday for the egg hunt. And they were all just in full bloom with their pregnancies and looked so pretty in their maternity dresses. And I know that there is a picture somewhere of the four of them standing in front of Mom Iser's house um, just a couple of weeks before they were giving birth. Hi, Sarah. It's Aunt Melissa. Happy Mother's Day. Um, on the subject of motherhood, when I think about your mother, um, she was just one of the most beautiful mothers. Uh, she loved you guys, and there was nothing more important than, than caring for you. Um, one of the memories I have of her is what just a generous, genuine person she was. You guys had gone to the St. Michael's Fair, and you were standing in line for some pizza because you guys were hungry. And they had two slices of pizza, and there was one for you and one for Nicole. Stephen wasn't around yet. And there were two little boys behind you in the line. And when they got up to the counter, the woman said, I'm sorry, there's no more pizza left. And the boys started to cry. And your mother saw that. So she took away one of your pies and asked the woman to cut it in half and gave it to the two little boys and then had the other slice cut in half for you and Nicole. And everybody was happy. Everybody was smiling. Everybody got pizza. My name is Danielle and I'm Sarah's cousin and we're about a month apart in age. So that means our moms were experiencing their pregnancies together and entering motherhood together and we experienced so much in our early childhoods together. And one of my most vivid memories of spending time with my cousins and with Aunt Rosie was going to summer camp together um, Aunt Rosie discovered this day camp at a local historic site called Pensbury Manor, and she thought it would be such a fun opportunity for us, and it turned out to be one of my favorite childhood memories. I recall sitting in the back of Aunt Rosie's station wagon, and we all wanted to sit in the back, of course, and look out as we were driving to and from Pensbury Manor. And years later, I ended up working for Pensbury Manor in the education department, and one day I was going through the archives and our files, and I found the registration forms for Nicole and Sarah in Aunt Rosie's handwriting. And it was just such a sweet gift and a reminder that we don't know all the ways that our mothers are going to set things in motion for us. And a decision they make early on in our childhoods could end up being such a wonderful gift to us later on in life. And that's something I'll always be thankful to Aunt Rosie and to my cousins for. My name is Danielle, and I'm Sarah's cousin. And there's two things I want to share about Eileen and what I remember most about her joining our family. And the first is her energy level. Uh, she just seemed to have boundless energy. And whatever the energy level was in the room, she could easily match it or exceed it no matter the situation. And the second was her pride in her children, all of her children. And 
I have one vivid memory that really illustrates that pride for me. Um, I'm a harpist, so when Eileen was sick, I uh, went to play for her um, and bring her some comforting music, and Kate was there with us. And I can't remember if um, I asked Kate if she wanted to try playing the harp, or Eileen probably suggested that she give it a try. And Kate sat behind the harp, and I gave her a few pointers, and she started playing these beautiful gl glissandos and picking out a couple of notes. And I just remember the look on Eileen's face. It looked as though she were watching a musician at Carnegie Hall. Just the peace and the pride she had in her daughter at that moment is something I'll always cherish and I'll never forget. My favorite thing about my mom Eileen was that she was a complete goofball and made everyone around her laugh. Definitely known as the cool mom, all of my childhood friends considered her a second mother and my house was always the fun place to hang out. A specific event always comes to my friends' minds and my mind when thinking about how fun and goofy my mom was. That was our annual Halloween party. All five of us kids would invite some friends over and we would decorate the whole house, inside and outside. Strobe lights, spray-painted homemade tombstones, fake blood, cobwebs, and skeletons galore. Now, Halloween was my mom's favorite holiday, so naturally she would dress up in the creepiest, most creative costume she could create. This usually involves some fake props such as a screw sticking out of her forehead, face paint, and fake blood leaking out of various orifices. Much to our horror and delight, she would hide, pop out at the perfect time, scream, and chase my friends and me around the house. Our shrieks and giggles were deafening. We still reminisce about how fun those parties were and about how fun my mom was every time we get together. My mom, Eileen, treated everyone like they were her kids. She loved playing with us, making us laugh, and effortlessly showing us how not to take yourself too seriously and how to be the fun, cool mom when we grow up and have our own kids. And I couldn't be more thankful for that. Picking one favorite memory of Eileen is just not possible. I mean, I can't really remember many times where I wasn't laughing when I was around her. Um, this year, something that reminds me of how funny she was was the cicadas are out and she used to place them on you and walk away and not tell you or she would you know to those of us who were freaked out by bugs be like what's that to freak us out and then like get a kick out of that oh, she always encouraged kate and i's 3am dance performances at our sleepovers you know um we came up with some creative things there that she enjoyed and she really was just still a kid she uh <laughs> she always showed up best dressed to Kate's Halloween parties and she almost always was speaking in funny voices or accents she used to do this really f funny thing where she would pretend to take a piece of hair out head and pretend to tie it to her lips to turn them into like puppets and make them dance and I just you know there's so many things how can you choose just one Eileen's storytelling was definitely a favorite part of my childhood and um, my favorite story of all time is the designated fart room um, <laughs> just as it sounds she stepped into the designated fart room and you know after farting she like looks over and she sees movement and 
it's not the patient. They're still comatose. It was their family members praying on the bed next to them. So Eileen learned to check the fart room a little bit better that day. Hey, Sarah, it's Aunt Kathy. Um, I remember when I was 15 years old, I stopped by your mom and dad's house and your mom was going out to have a picnic with you and your brother and sister. We went to the park and she had like placemats made up and little goodie bags. And we spent about two hours at the park and she just interacted with you. And as a 15 year old, I just sat there and thought about, wow, this is what I want to be as a mom. I could just feel the love that she had for you and she bought arts and crafts and when we did it and I could just see the joy and the happiness she had in her eyes and as a young woman it gave me a purpose to feel like that's the type of mom I want to be and I remember Eileen came down one summer with the girls it was just her and you guys you and your sisters and brother and they went to Ocean City and we were sitting on the beach and I said to Eileen what do you really like about being here? She said, you know, I'm working a lot of hours, but real, what I really enjoy is just being here with my kids and you guys were in the ocean and playing and having such a good time. And she's like, this is what makes me want to be here. And I could really feel off both your moms that they really enjoyed being mothers and that most of all their kids loved them and enjoyed them having them in their lives. So happy Mother's Day to everybody. Rosie's best days were being a mother. She was a true artist. She passed it on to her children, and I always enjoyed looking at their work. I will always remember her baking skills, a prayer she planted for me, which I say every day. Eileen was her best one day when Stephen said to her, can I call you mom? She said, yes, I never had a son, but now I do. I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody that helped create this episode and just a happy Mother's Day to all of you mamas out there. And, you know, what you are doing with your children is making such an impact and they love you. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience.